Hey folks, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. It's a Monday morning. You're racked. I'm racked. We're all racked after watching the Daniel Jones-less New York Giants and Sunday Night Football. Did you really watch it, folks? Uh, Michael McQuaid, uh, delighted to be joined by a bonus guest, a guy that shouldn't really be on Monday Morning Football, but he's here, Mark Hogan, uh, in a taxi on the way to Stansted Airport after the Baltimore Ravens score six field goals on a half-touchdown-ish <laughs> uh, and beat the Tennessee Titans in London. Um, we'll, we'll talk through the game in a second. Props and a shout-out to our amazing taxi driver and just the whole lads for the last three weeks. It's been so easy. Mark, we're not at the airport yet, but we're almost home. Can you smell the soda bread already? I can hear the alarm ringing tomorrow morning. It's already coming too soon, you know. Work back to normal. It's bittersweet leaving Tottenham. I looked so for or so much forward to these games this year. It was an incredible slate. I think plus on three good games last year two this year this game today didn't quite live up to it but over the last six games in London we've had five really really good quality uh, contests so I can't complain about that I can't believe we have to wait for a, a whole other year for it to come round again we'll be speculating come you know January, February who is it going to be when's it going to be announced but for right now yeah it was a, a great three games late a great three games late and it wouldn't be right to thank NFL UK for people that go to games that are just fans that are wondering why you're doing that like you know we got to sit got to sit in press for the last three weeks like that's something we should never really take for granted it was it was a great experience I definitely prefer Tottenham over Wembley Mark 100% it's a fantastic stadium um, during the game Adam Schefter puts out a bit of a clickbait tweet saying whether the London the NFL UK would be able to host the Super Bowl and it's kind of like you and I read the tweet and you're like oh it has to be in the stadium because it's so top class but then Wembley's obviously bigger and then has the actual field versus the turf that you have in um, Tottenham but yeah it's that's what makes it so tough leaving you love like you and I we got in there early and we literally walked the stadium just to take it in and soak it in and appreciate the surroundings because it's serious crack right down to the <laughs> Just the self-serve beer that you can get in there, which is the first that I've never seen before. Maybe they, uh, in, maybe they installed it after they sold Harry Kane for hundred million. Look, if we, if we can't have the Super Bowl in Tottenham, we could build Kiesman. What do you reckon? Oh, jeez, yeah. There's a story for another day. Not going to touch that one. If you ripped up again, <laughs> I'm just getting. You know, I'm just trying to put it into every podcast. Now, folks, I'm only messing. I'm only joking. It's a bit of crack. Anywho, um, yeah. Look, it was an interesting game. You know, obviously it ended what twenty. 24-16 to the Baltimore Ravens but that's really only half the story I, the, the thing that I really enjoyed Mark was the, the different thing for us this year was we were sort of at home we weren't like we, we, we were there on a Sunday and, and our first sort of experience of the press conference or seeing the, the players or head coaches was post game because a lot of the media got to see him on a Friday and I guess from a distance we've seen just how positive the Ravens were and they really really took it seriously and, and you could see that first pip from the get go whenever John Harbour walked into that press conference earlier on he looked like a guy that genuinely enjoyed his week and for a lot of people he gave him sort of stick over the last few years in the sense of well he was so critical of London I think his mind's definitely changed now yeah, and Patrick Queen was one of the other guys we had in the press conference that was able to say, like, it was the right decision. All the players give props to the guys behind the scenes, having them well looked after, well, the nutrition, the equipment guys, and everything that goes into it. But absolutely, they, I, John Harbour was so positive in his press conference. You know, you think you're going to get this real cantankerous figure, but he was he was excellent. He was really cantankerous? What the hell is that? Kind of like um, stubborn, I guess, stubborn and grouchy, but like... 
it's just your your kind of your being versus you know you don't mean to be stubborn but um I, yeah, yeah he, was, he was very positive and kind of glowing about it and all the players they also said look it's very easy to say that after a win and it's something that we said before the game it's like does the long week help or the short week help well last year it helped to have a short week because the short week teams all seem to win whereas this year it seems to be that the long team or the long week teams seem to win I think that it is not yet an exact science but certainly the Baltimore Ravens would be happy that they did it that way and yeah, like you said, it is a bit of a different experience not getting the full week of it to see like how they're doing it. But um, I suppose that's where we're at with London, though, as well. It's like no one's taking it for granted, but it certainly is that we're all used to it. And right down to us going over as media, we know how to get in and out in one day now, or as once upon a time we needed two nights. Well, here, we're not home yet, boy. We're not home yet. <laughs> um, we're just coming on to the, the, the North Circular East, the A406. I am like a lost pup. I have no idea where I am. Uh, I think sometimes, Mark, when you look at the box score, it's very hard or it's very easy to get caught up on stats and not actually talk about the game. You know, Lamar Jackson it was 21 of 30, 223 yards, one interception, one touchdown. And that looks not bang average. It doesn't look, you know, fantastic if you look at that on the box score. But the reality is, and John Harbour said it himself, he was a leader for this team today. He got that team over the line. And frankly, they've had a lot, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, they've had a lot of, not negativity, but you know, a, a lot of questions around the way they're playing offensively. And I found today from seeing Lamar, seeing Lamar play a few years ago, actually, no, I didn't. I went to a Ravens game a few years ago against the Packers. And who was the starting quarterback? Huntley. <laughs> that was a game where Harbour went for two at the end and lost. Do you remember that? Against the Packers. Oh, it was unreal. Um, but, like, yeah, first time seeing Lamar in the flesh, and it's hard not to like the guy. Like, he was, he, he spoke very well at the end, it was a good crack, but he's such a leader in this team. And the way that he just controlled the offense, kept the team, kept the team calm in situations where you felt like the game, while Baltimore, frankly, scoreline-wise, dominated the game for a long period of time, there was times, Mark, where you felt that it could just flip Jackson kept that team going. He knew when to run the ball. He knew when to try and be inefficient and get the ball down the field. And there was a couple of great, you know, like his connections to Trey Flowers were class. There was that big pass to Odell Beckham Jr., which I know a lot of people in London were happy to see. Mark Andrews is a beast. Can we have him as like a doorstop or something? Like he's unreal. Um, but that offense has got a lot of potential if he can just try and exploit it a wee bit more. I think that, yeah, the thing with Lamar is he is absolutely worth every penny. If anyone is kind of saying this, saying that the offense isn't explosive enough because we presumed it was going to be super expensive, explosive, like forget about putting on on Lamar. The way he sends plays. We talked about it on last week's podcast, the Wednesday night podcast, and it was absolutely phenomenal to be able to see it in person. Like he, he is so elusive and his decision-making is fantastic. If anything, yeah, like you said, um, Zay Flowers was kind of the flashier one, but I do think that, it was Mark Andrews at the end that really like <clears throat> if if I if if I expand on the game as a whole, the Titans did start to get back into it, and I think that's when the Ravens when they got back on the field, it was Mark Andrews who Lamar was looking for. So you could kind of penalise them there and say, well, when push comes to shove, they revert back to always that connection between those two, the uh, Lamar and Mark Andrews. But over the course of the game, yeah, Zay Flowers did come on quite a lot. Like, look, 
the Titans are all always known as a very good defense. I don't think that actually rings true at the moment. I think it's just historically we think under Vrabel that they're a good defense. I thought, like, look, in the first quarter, like, their defensive backs, like, there was, he, Lamar was picking the defense apart. Now, they did get a bit better. I thought, actually, Tannehill was, the make or break in the game was he went for a big third down throw on third and two when there was a check down to Derrick Henry that if he had hit it, he could have extended he could have extended the drive and he could have tied up the game as a whole so when he missed out on that it relieved a lot of the pressure off Baltimore but as a whole and to tie back into what you're saying about Lamar seeing him in person I mean the most impressive thing to see in person today was Derrick Henry seeing and hearing and almost feeling the hits that he takes and he runs through and seeing that big run but yeah apart from Derrick Henry seeing Lamar and to, to add to what you said there he is so positive in the press conference afterwards like he was really gracious in answering his questions i don't know why but maybe from press conferences or you know snippets that you see on social media that he might be a, a, not a bit mean or whatever but like maybe not so open as he was but like i said very gracious and a really humble nice guy and likable as you said oh oh just, just hit just hit the microphone there and do you know what mark we're such a pro now at this. We're just not going to even edit that out because we're having the crack. Um, yeah, like, he was such a pro. And, the, the, like, not just him, but, as I said, Coach Harbour, the Patrick Queen as well. The guys just were, obviously, look, you know, at the end of the day, if you win a game, you're going to be positive. But I am intrigued to see what they're going to be like in Sandstead. Because if they're anything like the Buffalo Bills last week, they were, like, did you, did you see that last week? So, Stansted. They come out of Stansted, not Heathrow. Every well, the, I can't confirm this, but the last two or three years, I don't know. Should I be saying this? The the, the, the last two or three years, um, for people that especially fly from Northern Ireland, like Belfast or Derry Airport, there's like a UK arrivals at the very right top of Stansted Airport. Now Mark, in the free state of land, flew into the bottom this morning. But basically, beside that UK arrivals door, there's like a special door where every player will go in tonight. There's a heap of passports just fired on the table and they just walk through they have like a little entrance so you, you can imagine last week the bills were devastated but no yeah you usually they usually go through stansted we were sitting having a uh, heineken zero zero last year and Aaron rogers walked past us it was a bit mad uh so no it's look it, it's incredible so we're obviously in the way to stansted now and we'll we will try and update people and see that i guess mark the best way that i can describe the situation today with tennessee you know, do you remember like having a PlayStation 2 and you start like playing GTA and you start putting like cheat codes in? Like that's like the only way I can describe Derrick Henry. Um, 97 yards rushing on the day. I think 16 yards receiving. Just again, just talking about stats. Mark, his speed is disgraceful. But he is just built like a beast. Like we had pretty good seats. And we could still see, like, and we were still decently, you know, far enough away from him. But you could see he was just built and built to run, run, run. But he's so strong, also. So, look, without, without Derek Henry, where would that Titans team be? Because, frankly, you know, on the pass game, like Tannehill just did, did, did not look um, confident at all. He obviously went off during the game. He had a 16 for 76 yards in the London game. You know, your highest receiver is a running back in Spears. I think there's questions to be asked about the future direction of the team. 
know, you, you were saying it to me about Malik Willis and about where they're going to go from here. And Vrabel didn't look happy. Do you think they didn't really buy into this game from the get-go coming on a Friday, or do you think that's unfair on them? No, I think there was absolutely buy-in. Like this is one of those; they're not a division rival; they're just a rival because they haven't gotten along. They've met in playoffs in the past, and I suppose it really was the playoffs of three or four years ago that really set the tone for these teams not liking one another. But when you talk about Malik Willis, not that there's no buy-in. I just haven't seen any development. He looked like a rookie day one kind of guy, not a guy that's been with the team for a year now, sitting behind Tannehill. So I'd be worried if they're going forward with him, if Tannehill is out injured for a while. I'd probably lean on even looking at Will Levis because, yeah, Malik Willis didn't show too much. And he said, what is the team without Derek Henry? Well, I don't know why, but when they were trying for that touchdown towards the end of the game, it was a very obvious run uh, situation that they were in. I know the timeouts weren't going on their side, but sure, Malik Willis was taking sacks and all anyway, or yeah, just going down, making one yard gains. That it certainly wasn't to keep the option wasn't, or sorry, the right thing to do wasn't to keep it in Malik Willis's hands. So absolutely, but we've known that for years about the Titans, and no one's been able to find them. Now I predicted that uh, that Derek Henry might see a bit of regret, regression this year. But that's what changes when you go to one of these games and you see him in person. Like, my God, how he finds the holes. But on that big run, he did seem to slow down. I thought he was going to be able to get into the end zone. I suppose maybe in years gone by, Michael, he would have. He probably would have been able to throw someone off him. I was almost disappointed he didn't run into the house for whatever it would have been, a 70-yard touchdown. But I don't think that even with Derrick Henry, they can survive as crazy as some people might say, I don't think Ryan Tannehill has been poor the last few weeks. Of course, he had a poor week one, but apart from that, I mean, give me a break. Like, not everyone is going to be Patrick Mahomes and the perfect quarterback out there. But the jump down to Malik Willis, you have to be very worried as a Tennessee Titans fan. Yeah, something tells me. You know, and like, the thing is, they came in here, they hit, they've won games this year. You know, they're in a competitive division. So, look, time will tell how the Titans fare. I love Rabel. I think he got a great head coach in Mike Rabel, and if anybody can fix them and get them back to where they were a couple of years ago, it's him. So let's see. But yeah, Malik Willis did not look good. Was it you said to me this is the last time you're going to see Malik Willis? Hopefully, Hopefully. Awesome. I want to see Malik Willis today. How much? London Games 2024. Um, a couple of small AOB notes. There was a graphic today I put up on the screen for fans, and fans could choose what song they wanted to sing. And here were the options, all the small things by Blink-182, Mr. Brightside by The Killers, Wannabe by Spice Girls, and Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Mark, can I ask, you know, <laughs> Mr. Brightside didn't win, but how in the hell did Wannabe by Spice Girls not get picked? I know Maurice Jones-Drew was trying for that on the sideline, but I will tell you, I was quite upset. Even though Bon Jovi did not win the competition, it was still played, which I think that's very questionable. I don't think that honours the whole idea of a competition. But, uh, yeah, I mean... It's all about getting Sweet Caroline played, so um, that's played like that's that's London in a nutshell. It's legendary. I suppose that's what other uh, places are trying to look as we move forward to Frankfurt now. They obviously have John Denver take me home, and it's like uh, that's the real that's that's the real moment that I know a lot of people, especially the the Americans, like to come for now to hear the whole crowd. And they did. They kept it going. The the English fans uh, certainly today, or everyone in Tottenham, was able to keep that uh, Sweet Caroline going as the players snapped the ball and continued and the music was faded I think that's a real special moment each week there's a video on TikTok doing a rounds of you wet a toothbrush 
and you put it on a kitten's head and it makes them cry it thinks of like when they were young with their mum and dad or something they, they get all emotional every time I hear someone say John Denver I start crying because it's like that was so good last year um, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to all the fans that flew over from Ireland today um, both North and South it was great seeing the lads and ladies in Belfast and seeing a lot of Titans fans in Belfast especially I know Mark you've seen a lot of fans in Dublin also uh, a lot of fans didn't get over because of Shannon um, do you want to console them and tell them they didn't miss too much or should we stay clear of that I think it's very very difficult um, I'm sure there could have been Titans fans and all caught up in that if anyone doesn't know there's a flight cancel and fans missed out on the experience which is tragic it's, it's really really disappointing for them I mean Look, the airlines, I'm not going to comment on that. Who, who am I to comment on all that kind of stuff? But, like, I, I, my heart goes out to them because the excitement that I felt going to the last three games, if I had missed out on any of them, you're looking forward to it for so long. People probably have hotels that they're going to make a, a night of it now, tonight, and all like that. That uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad for everyone that missed out because it only comes around, like, once every few years. They don't know when the times are going to come back. So, uh, yeah, very disappointed for all those fans, of course. Right, last thing before we round up. We're on the motorway here. Let's predict the three London games next year. I'm going to start. I'm gonna, you ready? I'm going to say the Jaguars against the Colts in Wembley. And I can't, I, look, we haven't got the schedules, right? I'm going to say the Niners and the Cowboys play separate games in Tottenham in the best lineup London ever has. What do you reckon? I have no idea. I have not thought about this question. I do think the 49ers, I think there's a reason that we um, saw. Do you think Jacksonville will do two in a row again? I think there's a possibility, but I do love the idea of what you're saying there about like London gets an absolute barn burner because they're looking at now at obviously Germany getting the Dolphins versus the Chiefs. And hey, look, you don't know when that game is being fixed, probably this time last year or whatever, what was going to happen there. Certainly, if it was any more recent than that, you're thinking in the AFC East, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills and then the Aaron Rodgers Jets. And then an afterthought, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins. So you can never set these games absolutely perfectly right but they could give us two massive franchises and hey look this is the speculation already begin we're only just done this um, series but yeah I think that London knows that other cities want games now and maybe they're going to be putting their chests out a bit more in those meetings and those schedule makers or whatever and saying hey look but look we've just had a fantastic slate getting the Buffalo Bills getting the Ravens there was a massive we haven't even talked about it, there was a massive Ravens flock there today it was a home game for the Titans but there was a, the, the bigger turnout was definitely for the Ravens and you're kind of like that was a sneaky under the radar like look every team has a fan base over here but the Ravens had one of the best turnouts I've ever seen for a game. Look, it never got particularly loud because the game wasn't, you know, exciting like that. But I know I wanted to wait around to see the players leave the field afterwards. And there was huge cheering for that. So, I mean, we're, we're so lucky that it's no longer the number two overall pick is playing the number three overall pick. So, you know, leave it there. I'll give a shout out to a few people. Uh, Kevin, you know who you are. Declan, you know who you are. Uh, what do you call him from off the ball was there a big Ravens fan it seems Ronan Reigns he calls himself it's Ronan like but he, he's like Matt, no you're like no, <laughs> he was at the match a load of the Irish fans over, so it was great to see I want to give a shout out personal shout out to Ben touchdown trips Ben big massive Ravens fan and the, the UK Ravens lads and there was a lot of Irish lads going to that meet up today they had a great weekend big party in London as well and Mark focus now heads to well first off I'll just say this it was great seeing Joe Steely the Niners there's a separate podcast out this morning on that 
and there's also a, a, a reaction podcast with myself, Michaela and Connor, with some of the other games from Sunday, and then you know the drill by now, Michael needs coffee, we'll talk about the rest of them, Sun, Monday night with Jeff, um, but folks, look, we can't do any more than that, three stacked podcasts for a Monday morning, we really appreciate your help, your support over the last few weeks in London, and Mark, focus now turns to, to Frankfurt and Deutschland in three weeks for the small matter of Patrick Mahomes against Tua Taga. I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm too tired, I'm too tired. How excited are you for that, man? For Tua Tunga Vailoa? No, 100%, I'm excited for that. I'm Look, I'm still excited for the Colts-Patriots game. I, they're two franchises I've never seen, and I think... Yeah, look, whatever, we're going to talk about it in depth. I know we talk about New England, especially on the Scale podcast that comes out on Wednesdays, so check us out there if you're a Pages fan, of course. But um, they're very excited for all that we have to look forward to. It It is crazy that this thing keeps on moving. I, again, I'm sorry if I've said this for the third or fourth or fifth time on this podcast, but I just can't believe that London is done now for another year. And we are so lucky that we have Frankfurt to look forward to, because imagine that was your the European games done for another year we'd be looking forward to heading off for the Super Bowl tell you in the immediate future I'm looking forward to having a, a week of red zone look if you're listening to this and you haven't been to any games this year we've been extremely fortunate to be at the last three I know next week I'm in Paris for semi-finals of a rugby cup World Cup that Ireland have been knocked out but I'm dying to get back and watch red zone and just watch because I love watching the games live and I feel like whatever excitement that we're able to bring to you from being at the games just enjoy that the nfl is still now we've completed week six if you're listening to this we're going into seven and eight and nine and ten this is where everything really starts to come into view and before we know it teams are going to start getting eliminated from playoffs and stuff so let's just all enjoy where we are in the season right now and those weekends away in frankfurt they'll come Oh, they'll come, my friend. They'll they'll come. Uh, uh, I can't wait for the, I can't wait for the pints in Dublin. I mean, we're twenty odd minutes in. I I can't wait for the pints in Dublin Airport. I th- I think I feel like we're on the same sort of flight. So we we have time for a Stein before we get to the Steinland. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you all so much for for watching for listening. Um, if you don't follow us, please do NFL Ireland Instagram X TikTok, uh, and if you do listen to the podcast, please do consider consider dropping a wee sub a like I think it's a follow on Spotify if you can drop us a review it really does make a difference folks um, Desiggies wouldn't happen without yourselves Mark thank you I want to thank uh, Michaela Connell the whole team that came to London the last few weeks it's been great crack and now we get ready for a Flugenhausen of a time in three weeks folks we'll chat to you soon we've got a podcast obviously as we said Joe Seely special and myself Michaela and Connor and I'll be back Monday night Mark I'll see you with Skell on Wednesday Slongafo Good night, good luck. God bless.